0: We are going to talk about speech this morning, and uh, you may ask, why are we talking about this? And I'll tell you why we're talking about this, because it affects all of our lives, all of our lives. Um, we don't have a meter in our household of how many times we sin with our mouth, but if we did, it would just, you know, you know, be flipping around very quickly. Ah. Uh, you say, well, why don't you figure it out? We don't have those problems at at my home. Uh, well, l- let me let me assume some things. Uh, that if you don't think you have this problem, uh, you're blinded. You're blinded. You're missing it. Um, you, you may not hear your own voice and the words that come out of your mouth. As as uh, we counsel here in at Bear Valley Church and we help walk through things and we love doing this. We love being a part of what God is doing. And so don't hesitate at any time to come and uh, meet with one of us as the pastors here, or one of the elders. And just if you say, why, I just need prayer. That's fine. That's fine. We would love to walk with you in that way. It's interesting for us as we hear, as we hear stories uh, most of the time, it has some connection with words that have been said. Words that have been said. They haven't been like thought out. They haven't been scripted. They haven't, but they are said to one another, and they impact our relationship and our home. I, I think that as we look at this, some of you think this morning. Well, I just want wants to talk about words. So that we have better communication with one another and that so we're, we are better parents. We figure out how to be better parents and we have figured out how to be better have better marriages. And I want to tell you, that's not the goal this morning. I want to put it in the context of the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs starts out talking about right relationship with man, with man, with our almighty God. That we would be in this uh, close, fearful, knowing relationship—right relationship—with God. That we would care about Him and what He thinks, and in relation that that would be our primary uh, place that all of all of life springs from. And this morning. Uh, I want to tell you that most of our bad communication doesn't come because we're bad communicators. It comes because we don't care about God. We don't care what he thinks. We don't care about what he's doing in our lives right now and how we are to connect with the people around us. It's not because we're not good communicators. In fact, a lot of hurtful and bad communication is really clear, is really clear. It's effective. It's effective. It's just not good. And so this morning to remind yourself, how does God want me to communicate? How does God want me to speak? Remember that this is a book of Solomon speaking to his son or sons or children and I want you to get who Solomon is. He's a rich guy king. He's a rich guy king. I, I remember I had a relationship with a man who was very wealthy. He, he happened to come to a church that we were part of. And he said one of the things that he tried to teach his kids is to walk into a place like you own the place. And he says, he says, you don't walk in like timid. You kind of put your shoulders back and you you start barking out orders and this and that. And he says, this is what this is what I do in my business. And he was struggling with what it meant to be a Christian. And I thought about that and I go, that's how rich people do things. I think of uh, I don't know if he's considered the former owner of the Clippers or the present owner of the Clippers. I don't know if you've been following that story in the last few months. But there's a man, Donald Sterling. He's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. And he, he doesn't care. He doesn't make sense. But he doesn't care what he says. You know why? Because he's a rich man. He's a rich and powerful man. And rich and powerful men, you know what they do? They just say whatever they want. And if you don't like it, you're fired. You're fired. You're out of here. I don't need to deal with you. And I think that that's the, the way that we look at life is that we look to the people that we're talking to and we say, are you below me or are you above me? Uh, how do I need to talk to you? And I, I think it's interesting that Solomon in all his riches and power shared these types of things with his son. And they were not things just saying, just let it fly. <laughs> say whatever you, he does not say that. In fact, we're going to see that he says quite the opposite. I want to also just share with you briefly. Uh, we're moving this morning because I did like eight surprise boxes and I prayed for the world. And, um, but in James chapter 3, uh, that James is sharing about the tongue and he uses three illustrations. And he says this, he says this, that he's, he talks about the tongue being a problem. And then he goes on for nearly the whole chapter talking about, he equates the tongue with an uncontrollable wildfire that just takes off. You know, it starts small and then it takes off and it's like, no, lit the place on fire. He also equates it to a a rudder for a large ship that though it's a small thing, that it can change the direction He also describes it as a wild animal that cannot be tamed. I I say that just to say damage can be done with your words. Damage can be done. It matters. It matters. Sometimes we, uh, we talk as if oh, we're just talking. We're just talking. We're not saying anything. It doesn't matter. It's not like I'm acting. We're just talking here. I should be able to say whatever I want to say. And yet the scripture tells a very different story. James chapter 3 shares this. And we're going to look at some verses from the book of Proverbs. To remember that all of this is in the context of fearing God and having a relationship with him. And the last thing I want to just tell us in preparation for this is sin starts in the heart. Sin starts in the heart. It's, a th- it's, it's inside of us. It's inside of us. That's why in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it, it says, keep your heart with all diligence from, it, from out of it. The wellspring of life, everything flows out of that. I want to tell you that your heart and your words are connected. Your heart and your words are connected, and sometimes we want to say, "Well, I I didn't mean that. I I, I said it, but I wasn't thinking. I didn't mean that. Where did that come from? I don't know what I was thinking. Like I I, I that that doesn't really have any connection to me. It was just words that I said." And I want to tell you that our words are connected to our heart. And so with this in mind, let's look at what wise words are for us. I have seven points uh, this morning. Uh, I'll try to go carefully and uh, quickly through them, um, that they might be a benefit to us. And, And the reality is there's probably 50 verses in the book of Proverbs that speak of the tongue and what, what it does. And so uh, this morning, as you may this be just wet your appetite to consider what it is, the words that I use and how I communicate and does it reflect the heart of God and my relationship with him? The first one is this. Wise, wise words are a matter of life and death. If you turn over to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. That wise words are a matter of life or death. I know that most of the time we think of uh, other things as a matter of life and death. But just the, the words that we speak, that it matters that much. If you look at chapter 18, verse 21, it says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. I want to tell you that the reason that we need to consider this and be careful and consider the words that we're using, both with family, with our extended family, with our children, with our neighbors, with our co-workers, with our church, uh, the people that we go to church with, We want to consider our words because it's a matter of life and death. And if we are careful with this, and if we understand this wisdom, guess what? It's going to be good for us and there will be blessing and the fruit will be produced out of that. Wise words, wise words are a matter of life and death. For those of you raising children, remember that, remember that. I know you get frustrated and you just want to let it fly and you want to go into uh, mom or dad mode and you're, you want to just let the words be many and, and you just want to say because you're older, you just want to say it how it is and let them deal with it. And you want to, don't, don't. Be careful. Make sure the words that proceed from your mouth are from God and out of that relationship, their wisdom that you're channeling through through your relationship with Him going out to your children. And as you raise your children, don't let them do that either. Don't let them just say, I hate you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do these things. Why? Because those words come from a heart, right? That's in them. And so to connect them to to not get them used to being able to say whatever they want to say, why? Because it's foolish. It's foolish, and that foolishness will one day, if it's not an issue, it's not just a small issue. It's an issue of life or death. As we look at this number two, you turn over, turn back uh, to chapter sixteen, verse twenty-four. You look at wise words are the best medicine. The best medicine. It says this, God's word. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words, words that come in a sweet and kind way. You know what? Uh, I want to say this, okay? This may have been Solomon writing to the primary audience of a male. Sweet words. Men, your words should be sweet. They should be gracious. A lot of times we, we, we think it's our time to be the tough guy. I'm going to be the man of the house, so I'm going to let it fly. Everyone just has to get out of my way. Gracious, sweet words. And you know what they're like? It's like honeycomb. When you look at honey in the Old Testament, you say, I don't really like honey. I don't really like honey. I, I prefer chocolate. Chocolate, nice sweet pie or something like that. Why didn't they say that? Well, honeycomb, what's a big, I don't really like honey. Um, it, it was sugar to them. It was sugar to them. It was the main sweetener. It was dessert, Okay. And so as he says it, this is like having this sweet dessert. It's it's good. It, it get, gets us excited. It's more important than the real meal, right? It's good. We get excited. We're thankful for it. And that's what gracious words are are like. Honeycomb. And then it says sweetness to the soul. And not just that it's sweet and it, you like it, but it's health to the body. It makes a body strong. It makes a person strong. As you think about it, as you think about your relationships in marriage, your relationships with your children and grandchildren, your relationships with people at work, you want to ask the question, are my words health to them? Are they promoting health? And as they hear them, is it sweetness? I've said this before, but, um, you know, 20 years ago, life was just not as complicated, right? Right. It was more dangerous because when the phone rang, you didn't know who it was, right? You didn't know who it was. And so we picked up the phone a whole lot more often back in those days. And we said, no, thank you. I'm not interested. You know, I click. But but now we see who it is, right? When your name comes up on other people's phone, what do they think? It, is it sweetness? They're like, Oh, I'm excited because this is gonna be health to me. <laughs> they're they're a person who speaks with gracious words, and I love to hear their voice because they're sweet. This is what Solomon was telling his son. <laughs> Rich guy king type, right? That this is this is what he was saying. He says, You know what? Gracious words, that, that should be the ones that are found on your lips. You say, well, I'm not concerned about gracious words. I'm concerned about being truthful. No, you're probably just concerned about being right. And so you let it fly. And people go, oh, yeah, they're just cold and prickly all the time. And I don't really like to, oh, I just feel, yeah, it leaves me feeling empty when I converse with them. Gracious words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. They're the best medicine. Number three. If you turn over to chapter 13, verse 3. Wise words are careful. Wise words are careful. Um, Verse verse 3 says this. Whoever Chapter 13, verse 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. It's simple. Simple. There there should be this sense of you're you're always protecting the words that you say. You're always thinking through, is this the best way to say this? Is this good for me to say? Is this... If you don't, if you don't watch what you say, it's just damage that's going to come out. Damage to you, damage to others. You preserve your own life by guarding your mouth. And you run towards ruin if you open wide your lips. So we're careful. Wise words are careful. Number four, uh, chapter 10, verse 19. It says this, uh, and wise words are not many. Um, One who uh, doesn't say much. You look at verse 19, it says this, When when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. It's not many. It's not many. We have a lot of thoughts in our head that bounce around. We should filter them before they come out through our words, right? Uh, we saw this funny sign when we were on vacation that said, uh, "Talk is cheap, because of supply and demand." Okay, I didn't I didn't catch it right away? I had to stand there for a moment because Oh yeah, everyone's talking, and so talk it doesn't matter. You know, th- th- this is important, and for us, uh, the, I would include myself in this. Some of us like to talk a lot. Um, Dial that back. Why? Not because you want to. Not because it's even something where uh, you say, well, I just have to get my point across all the time. I just need to be heard. Don't think about yourself needing to be heard. Think about God. Think about your relationship, your right relationship with him. And he says, you shouldn't be the one talking very much. You should be careful with your words. It shouldn't be many. It's dangerous for you. It should not be many. Uh, chapter 17, verse 9. Wise words are not for hurt. Not for hurt. And, and I love this verse because it gives such a beautiful picture of how we should work with one another. There's many verses in Proverbs about gossip and, and babbling about other people's failures and hurting people with your words, and yet in Proverbs chapter 17 verse 9 it says, "Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends." We we love telling the news. We love knowing the news and telling the news. We like to talk about others' failures. And this beautiful picture of what we should be doing and really not doing with our words is not hurting one another, not hurting one another's reputation, not hurting one another and and by magnifying their faults. But he, he gives this picture of love covers over an offense. When you think you need to, and when I think I need to talk about how someone has hurt me, We're choosing to magnify and to make permanent record of the history of someone else's failure instead of looking at it and going, it's no big deal. I I seek love. I seek to honor the Lord by not talking about these things as opposed to talking about them and spreading them around. So we're not to hurt with our words. There shouldn't be wise words, don't hurt. And in chapter 12 verse 25 wise words lighten the load listen to this uh, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down can i get an amen <laughs> can i get an amen many of many of us many of us we were weighed down with anxiety this week. We were burdened by the details of life. Some were real, and others we made up. Okay? We were weighed down with anxiety. And that weighs us down. You, You know that feeling of just going, oh, I just can't handle it. But this is what it says. But a good word makes him glad. And a good word makes them glad. Don't you want to be the one? Don't you want to be the one that when they come up against someone who is filled with the, the cares of life and the concerns, don't you want to be the one that lightens their load? Most of the time, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know what we do to one another? We put another brick on their back. We We do this. We hear of their cares of this world and we say, oh, no, you're in a mess. I'd be super afraid. I don't know what you're going to do. It's interesting. uh, Some of us do this with sickness, sickness, don't we? You ever done this to someone with sickness? They have a cough. You say, oh, no, you better go to the doctor. You might be dying. They say, you know, there's a, a you know, I, I see a mark on your arm. You, you probably have cancer, and you're going to die. Uh, you know, you, especially with little babies. You know, they, you know, it's a little cool outside, and they don't have the proper blanket. And some of you go, your child's going to get pneumonia. Right, right. Do you want to be the one? Do you want to be the one that adds another brick to their load, or do you want to be the one that lifts them up, lifts them up? And you know how we do that? With well, our words, our words. And it, this is not an easy skill. You cannot do this by your nature. Right? You can't do this by the way you were raised. The way you were raised. I'm just assuming because I've talked to you've talked to me and I've talked to you. It didn't take into reflection the scriptures. It was just let it fly. Say what's on your mind. Don't say what's on your mind. Think about think about how you can lighten someone's load. Lastly, uh, number seven, turn to chapter 18, verse 20. None of these have been all that profound. Some of the, these have you've heard before. But this one right here, I think, is one for you to consider. And this is talking about the words that come out of our mouth and what the benefit is to us. So wise words are a blessing to the person who speaks them. And you say, well, how is that? Let me me explain to you. This is what the Word of God says. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. And you know what that means? It means that it's good for you. It's beneficial for you to be one who speaks well. It's good for you to learn how to communicate out of a relationship with God. And you say, well, how is it like, you know, are there checks going to come in the mail or something like that is, are there going to be like this little button that says I've been a good talker this week and everyone will think well of me. No, it, it, it goes like this. And, and this is pretty simple. You're going to get it right. You say, well, how will I get this benefit? How will I be satisfied and provided for? You know what? You're going to have a good marriage. You know why? Because there's going to be this godlike thing that he has given you as you speak to your spouse. And you know what? If you treat your spouse well by the words that you say, that's good for you. That will be that will bring a sense of satisfaction and help to your life. You know what? If you learn to speak with your children, guess what? That's going to be a blessing to you. You know why? Because they're going to want to be around you. They're going to come to you when you they have problems. You know why? Because they go, boy, uh, dad. He, he he always listens and he has some sweet words for me that uplift me when I'm I'm all freaked out. You know what? That's going to do at work. People are going to want to work with you. They're going to want to be around you. There's going to be a sense where when the boss thinks about giving raises and, and giving promotions and trusting people, they're going to go, man, I love hearing that guy. I love hearing his input. Give it to him. Do you see this? It's going to come back to you. Why? And you say, well, is this some health? Well, no, it's not. It's the way God has set up life. If you walk with me, if you listen to me, it will be blessing for you. You say, well, I like to say it how it is. Okay, you will uh, experience the pain of you saying how it is. To listen to the word of God and to say, this is how I need to speak because this is what God wants for me. This is what's best for me. I want to tell you uh, the venue of where this should happen. This should happen when we speak about politics. This, is, this should happen when we speak of church leaders. This should happen when you talk of your children's teachers. This should happen when you're frustrated with your children. This should happen when you disagree with your wife. This should happen when you speak about anything to anyone. Because our words should be the reflection of God, not the reflection of us. Please join with me in prayer as we ask that God would make us mindful of this and that he would change us. God, uh, where we started was talking about the heart. And Lord, I ask that you would change our hearts, that our speech would follow. God, make us mindful of ways we offend with our tongue and teach us and train us and change us that we might learn to speak the words of grace. God, may we see this as a big deal. God, I fear that we would walk away this morning and saying, yeah, I'll make a few minor adjustments for a day, but that we wouldn't see this as important, but that we would consider the way we speak. And God, may you change our world through it, uh, starting with our ourselves, our marriages, our children, our grandchildren. God, thank you for your love for us and your grace that covers us in our sin. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.